difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. You got your problems. I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bow cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. And you can stay over there. Stay. Cause this is revolution mixed with execution. We insane over here. Yeah. We taking over, making. Welcome back, everyone, to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And now join me on the line. This man here will be fighting once again. He's looking to get some, a bad taste out of his mouth. And, well, as he said, he still wants a rematch. He's hoping to get that soon. I give you, once again, all the way from Mayweather Promotions, I give you. It's none other than the fighting pride and joy of Albuquerque, New Mexico. I give you Angelo Leo. Well, Angelo, so... They say after every loss, changes are made. You, you know, you do different things. Let's talk about that here right. with you. There's a new member to your camp. There's a new location of your camp. What's going on here? Uh, you know, basically, um, just learning from our mistakes, like you said, you said it best. Uh, uh, you, when you take a, a take an out, you know, you you go back to the drawing boards and you see what you've done wrong. And uh, it's basically what happened to me. You know, I see what I did wrong. A uh, few things have uh, been made to this camp which uh, added a strength and conditioning coach um, as well as uh, he's kind of a strength and conditioning coach slash nutritionist. So he knows both things. And uh, yeah, it was basically uh, one of the big factors in my last fight was the, the diet the diet. And uh, I feel like I didn't diet correctly. So, you know, I didn't have the energy that I should have had uh, later on in the fight. So with this, with this time around, you know, it's going to be different. I'm going to have uh, energy throughout the fight. And, um, you know, just just fight smarter. So let's talk about Bacosia. What, like When you say he's going to, you know, that you're going to get stronger, you're going to get healthier, like what is he doing regarding your diet? Like what are some of the things that you all of a sudden he's doing? You're going, oh, I didn't know, know I was doing this wrong or I didn't know I was eating this. Like what are some of the things he's implementing for you? Basically something more just um, – something more stable, something I could uh, refer off of. Like he's got me a whole menu of what I should eat and uh, how much they should weigh and, and things of that sort, you know, what I should be eating and what I should not be eating. Let's talk about the weight. I mean, cause you're not, a, it's not like you are this chub a chub, you know, you, you walk around mm -hmm. at a decent weight, you cut a lot of weight to get to your weight class here. Right. How, what are we, what is the plan for, for, this fight like when they say they want you to walk around at a certain like weight like what are you how are we doing it so that instead of like you know cutting 20 pounds 25 pounds like okay we're gonna have you cut maybe 13 pounds 14 pounds it's not so much you know that mm -hmm. the body's going oh crap this is a big shock here yeah well basically uh there's the right way to cut weight and there's the wrong way to cut weight you know uh, you could take shortcuts and then you could take the the right way and basically taking shortcuts is, uh, you know, cutting too much water, cutting too much water too soon. Uh, there's a whole science to it. So you got to know what to do. You got to time it right. And basically with this, uh, with the nutritionist and all that, uh, I'm able to, to time it right and uh, to lose the proper amount of water while still maintaining my strength and losing um, the right amount of fat and all that as well. We're going to go back to all this in a bit. Take us to, to going to Vegas, because as you said, you, 
you and your, you, your team, you decide, okay, we're going to, you know, pack up and go to Vegas. You're leaving all the creature comforts behind. I mean, you knew everything in Albuquerque. You, you know, grew up there. You were born there. What is it like now living in Vegas? And, you know, especially what is it like now where you're getting, you know, more sparring partners, you're getting better quality, but, you know, it, it, you got to learn now, basically, you know, new, you got to build new relationships. You have to learn new, you know, learn new routes, yeah. you know, figure out traffic. I mean, how much of this for you has been like, okay, a bit of a shock because you're doing everything all over again in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know if uh, you knew, but I've lived out here in Vegas for four years already. So, but you know, I still had to go through like what you said. I had to still go through the uh, learning the new the streets and 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 network with new people and you know um, you know it all came with time. It all came with time. You know, I, I started training at Mayweather uh, Boxing Club. From there, we started making connections, and uh, I got signed with Mayweather Promotions. But yeah, it's a different, it's a, it's a different scene. Um, definitely from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Albuquerque is a smaller city. Uh, there's not as much boxing, and uh, there's not as much opportunity. So out here, you know, you got so much network, uh, networks you could, you could, you could do with people, and um, and sky's the limit over here. Basically, you could, you could do it, what any anything you would like to do out here. Like for you, how much does it help having now? If you want, if if you want good sparring, you can get, you know, Rolando Romero or Raleigh Romero. If you want, you know, you can get Xavier Martinez. I mean, if even if you want right now, Floyd is training, so you can at least do some sparring with these guys. Does that? How much does that help having now all these top guys sort of at your fingertips, and you not have to worry about paying them to come out, you know, flying into Albuquerque or you know, trying, you know, finding money to make sure, okay. I'm getting, you know, sparring partners here, there, and here. Uh-huh. How much is how much easier is it financially just not having to worry about that? Oh, it's it's a lot. You know, it's a lot. It's um, not so much the financials, but the convenience. You know, you 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 got it right here. You could uh, set up sparring. I could set up sparring for tomorrow if I like to with the world former world champion, or I could or people come down from you know all over the world to come out and spar. So I'm getting all these different types of looks. And something I couldn't get out there in Albuquerque. So yeah, it's it's a big convenience, and it's probably the best um, move I made. Take me back to the Fulton fight. I watched it; mm-hmm. very good fight. Yeah. In your mind, though, what went right? What went wrong? When did you start feeling that it was getting away? That he was just doing whatever it was he was doing. It was just okay. I'm now down two rounds, three rounds. Crap, mm-hmm. you know, it, I'm, I'm I'm this fight's getting away from me here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, a lot of it had to do with uh, there's a lot of factors that played a played a, a role into that into that fight. Uh, one was, you know, I had COVID five weeks before the fight. Um, a lot of people said that could have, you know, hampered my hampered my uh, my conditioning. So that could be one thing. Um, a lot of people were just in my ear, telling me how I should fight them when I should have, you know. When my when me and my dad should have just listened to our game plan, and we seen video of him that uh, that and we seen video that you know he had trouble with something that we didn't do in the fight, and um, we didn't exploit it like we should have. So that was another thing, you know, it's not sticking to our our game plan and listening to other people. Um, you know, of course, my conditioning wasn't wasn't the greatest, 
Um, that could have been a COVID because I did train very hard for that fight. But, uh, you know, you could train very hard and COVID hit and, you know, you still won't give your best performance. That with the, with the, my diet and all that. So all, all that had to play a factor, but, you know, you, know, you, live, and you learn, live and you learn. Do you, how much does it all, did it also help him that, and you, and as I said, you, 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 you fight who you've put, who's put in front of you. That's, you know, there's no way, you know, you, you don't choose. It's chosen for you. You look at his record and, you know, his team will say, Hey, we were ready for this kid because we face guys either just as good or on a similar level, whether it was Paula Sambunda, Isaac Avalar, Arnold Cahay guy, who a lot of people are very high on still. You, you know, as I said, your last couple of months, you trained Williams pretty good, but, you know, somebody who you were able to bully before that, Cesar, was, you know, Juarez, good fighter, not great. How much do you think it helped that he had had those wars against guys a lot like yourself, who they're confident, they've never been beaten. Hey, we're going to knock out this guy. We're not afraid of him. And he knows what it's like to be in those dog fights where you don't, you know, it, you didn't know how to lose. You had never lost. He'd face guys like that. And he knows, okay, this is how I can break somebody like that. This is how I can beat somebody because I've done it before several times. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, those fights that he had with, you know, K-Guy and, and Lopez and all, and all the undefeated fighters, I mean, some of them were undefeated, but they're very early in the career. You know, there's a lot of fighters that are undefeated in the, earlier in the career. So, you know, I didn't pay, I didn't pay, too, my, pay too much mining into it. Um, after all, those Lopez and K-Guy and a lot of those fights were close. So, you know, I didn't pay mind to it. But um, he did what he did. Hats off to, to Fulton for that fight. Um, you know, but I still want my, re- my rematch, you know. I think he's going to be fighting Figueroa next. And uh, I'd like the winner of uh, Figueroa and uh, Fulton. If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we got it is Angelo Leo here on the show. We're talking all things, of course. Uh, Stephen Fulton, we're talking training camps, we're talking diets. Uh, let's talk about your father and you, because I'm guessing after that fight, there's knee-jerk reactions, and some of them are, well, you know, he didn't work as hard, too well, he had COVID, too well, he was sick, too well, he needs to change his trainer. We have great trainers. He should get, you know, Roger May with it. He should get Floyd Sr. here. How many people, you know, actually said said that to you? Said, "Oh, maybe you should get a better trainer, or maybe another person." And how did your faith in your father ever, you know, waver? Was it one of those things where you look and go, "Nope, he's it's ride or die." Me and my dad, we're doing this no matter what. Yeah, my dad's been been with me through thick and thin. You know, he's been through. He knows me best. He knows. Uh, he's uh, all. He's there for my best interest. And uh, of course, I always have my dad in my corner. But if we need someone else. We'll add someone else, but you know, I'm never gonna switch switch up on my dad. How tough was it for him for this loss? Because as you said, he and you decided to change the game plan a bit. You whether it was something somebody else saw, whether it was something that they thought maybe look the Hague Hage fight, the Lopez fight, whatever. How much does he did he blame himself for going? Should have just you know, we should have stuck a plan A. We should have done this, damn it. I I got talked out of this and I never should I never would have done that. Yeah, it was. Uh, he did feel pretty bad, you know. We all did, as we're a team, you know. So, of course, uh, all of us are gonna feel some type of way. 
Um, he felt it just as much as I did because he wanted to win as much as I did. So, you know, we both felt the, the effects of, of, of this L. As you're getting ready for this fight coming up, it's going to, once again, it's going to be you versus Aaron Alameda. It's the Toyota Center, once again, June 19th. It's a different mm-hmm. opponent here. I mean, as I said, this is a guy who he's if, if Fulton's more of a technician, he likes to, you know, go from the outside, use a fast jab. He likes to, you know, basically make it a high tempo fight. Now you got a guy who he's happy going in there and going, you know, basically phone booth to phone booth. He wants to, you know, go to the body. He wants to make it a rough and tumble fight. Is it, is it safe to say this for you is a better style because it's, something that you match up well with. But you look at Aaron Almeida go, I face guys like this a lot. I know how to beat these guys. This is more my kind of style. Yeah, it could be. It could be. Of, from what I've seen from uh, Alameda is, uh, you know, he's a southpaw. He likes to use his jab. Um, when he fought Nettie, he likes to uh, throw the left uppercut. And um, it doesn't seem like he's much of a pressure fighter to me, but uh, I'll have to check out more film on him. But uh, whatever he brings, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready. Um, I could not only uh, brawl in the inside, but I could also box as well. Uh, a lot of people seen that in the Cesar Wattis fight that, you know, I was able to move on the outside, stick and move and use my jab. And um, we could do that too. But if he wants to brawl and uh, we can put pressure, if that's what it needs to be done, then I could do that as well. Who are the guys that you listen to the most like give me give me some people it doesn't and i know it's your father and your trainer but it's all your team but give me some outside people that you you know value their advice or value their opinion or you just consider sort of you know solid business acquaintances quasi friends because they've given you good advice they've you know they'll help you out they're there and they actually are looking out for your best interests yeah you know well let me see you know of course i have my dad i have uh, my trainers uh, Luis Chavez, I got Rudy Chavez, and basically we don't have a we don't have a big circle, so I don't I don't take much advice from everyone, you know. Um, usually the people that do give me advice is it's pretty general, and um, you know you know work hard, um, you know when you're at the top you got to stay at the top and, and and never lose sight of of your focus and stuff like that. But um, you know it's 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 my dad, uh, my trainers. Um, and uh, basically, those those two people right there, or those those people right there, and, and and some close friends. That's about it. What do you do for fun? I mean, now that you, as you said, you're living in Vegas, you're training out of Vegas. You've still got to be times where you just want to, un, you know, unwind. Whether it's a mental day off, a you know, a, a day where you just recollect. Like, what do you do for fun? Where you know, it's just something you know to do where. I want to relax. I want to have fun. I don't want to think about boxing for one day. I want to just basically clear my head. Yeah. Well, basically for fun, I like to, uh, you know, just go out and do outdoors things, you know, go out to the lake, go out to the rivers and stuff like that. Um, Here in Vegas, there's not too much of that uh, compared to New Mexico, but uh, there's still some places over here. I like to do that. Um, you know, I have to go out to the city, just walk around and, and basically enjoy time. I like to eat as well. I, like to, I love to eat. So, you know, I'm always eating at good restaurants and stuff like that. It all comes down once again to June 19th. You on Showtime. It's uh, Jamal Charlo, Juan Mafia Montiel. It's 
Kurt Attilo Abdukarov versus Cesar Baronevo. It's going to be you versus Aaron Almeida. And there will be fans. There's actually going to be fans of this place. Yeah. How much of that do you think will also help you out in that there's a crowd? You know, unlike you, Fulton, where there was no crowd, it's in, it's in this sort of bubble. You know, everybody feels like, okay, it feels like a sparring session at times. How much are you yeah. looking forward to just, all right, there's going to be fans. People are going to be excited. And I can feed off the crowd. It's going to be just fun fighting. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's some, that's something I'm, I'm very looking for. I'm looking uh, forward to is fighting with fans because, you know, with the fans, it's a different atmosphere. Uh, you know, they, it carries a different, you know, energy vibe. And that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Cause without the fans, you know, if it felt like a sparring session, you know, uh, you could hear everything, you could hear the commentators and uh, with the fans, you know, it's, it's what fighters live for. You know, they live for the, the, the thrill, the thrill of the crowd. Um, the fans and all that. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, I give you, he is uh, still one of the top contenders at Super Bantamweight. Well, he, after, after June 19th, he said it's going to be, he wants his rematch. Damn, it doesn't matter who or who or who's going to be the champion. He wants his belts back. I give you, once again, uh, Las Vegas is owned now. I give you Angelo Leo. Uh, Angelo, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website? And who are the sponsors going to be for this fight for you? Yeah. Well, I'm still uh, still working on the sponsors. Um, and you can find me on Instagram at AngeloXLeo. On Twitter, I'm still working on my Twitter, but uh, I don't have much. I haven't posted a lot on Twitter, but it's AngeloLeo. Uh, just look me up on uh, Twitter. It's AngeloLeo. But uh, yeah, those two social media platforms, and uh, of course my Facebook. I mean, I'm always accepting people on Facebook as well. Angelo Leo, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have him on the show. Uh, we come back. We got it's Alicia Zapate- Zapatella. She's going to be talking to us about her Invicta title defense and a lot more going on. All this only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on Blue Wire Hustle Network. Welcome back, everyone, to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Now, join me on the line. This young lady here. She will be now fighting once again. It's going to be only the debut of Invicta on Access TV. It will be for the Atomoy title. And well, she'll be fighting uh, a very determined Jessica Delboni. And well, 
She is looking forward to making a statement in more ways than one. I give you the Invicta FC champion herself. I give you it's Alicia Zapatella. Alicia, let's start off here with you, Jessica Delboni. It's on Invicta on, Invicta on Access. It's the debut of Invicta on Access. Mm-hmm. Has it hit you yet? But you're going to, you know, the historic part of this, but you're going to be defending the Atomite title for the first time ever on TV, not, you know, like UFC Fight Pass on Invicta, mm-hmm. but you're making history no matter what. <laughs> um, honestly, it hasn't really hit me that I'm going to be um, on TV this time, that this is going to be the biggest card that Invicta has ever put on. Um, honestly, none of that really means much to me. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight as if it's any other fight. Well, still, let's focus on your opponent. Uh, it's Jessica Delboni. Uh, she's 10-2. and two, You're 8-2. and two. Um, She has wins over Lindsay Van Zandt. Uh, you beat Ashley Cummins. Or she lost Ashley Cummins. Uh, what do you see out of her? Like, when you looked at tape, when you've broken down, like, fights of hers when that she's fought on, what kind of fighter is she? What makes her dangerous, I'll say, compared to most of your, your opponents? Um, Jessica Delboni is a boxer. She has a lot of heart, and most of her fights are at 115. Um, she has a brown belt in jiu-jitsu. And if I'm being honest, all of these things are things that I've seen in previous opponents that I have beaten. Um, I don't really think that Jessica brings anything to the table that I'm not going to be able to deal with. I know that she's going to come out and that she's going to fight as hard as she can. And I know that she's going to give it everything that she's got. But I don't think that she has what it takes. And I, she hasn't seen anybody like me. There's nobody else in the world like me. Let's talk about what the one thing she does have, and that's mm-hmm. size. When they say size, mm-hmm. she's fought at 115, which means she probably walks mm-hmm. around at maybe 130 pounds, 35 mm-hmm. maybe. How tough is that yeah. fighting somebody when you look and going, I'm probably fighting a bantamweight. That's that's the reality. When you're fighting somebody like Del, you know, Delboni, she's coming in here. How tough is it fighting somebody who you know is probably rehydrated and is now a full weight class above you? Um, well, I walk at 125. I put on a lot of size after my fight. I've been lifting a lot. Um, I've fought at 125 professionally. I have 125 belts. I've, I've fought at 115 professionally. I know what the size feels like. And um, I've fought a lot of girls who have done very well at 115. So I am fully prepared. I train with people on the regular that are bigger than me. And um, she's not much taller than me. So I, I think that that's going to come in handy. You mentioned that about how you fought at 125, putting on muscle, putting on weight. How do you do it so that you don't have a, so the weight cut isn't too big? Because as you said, you, you walk around probably at 125. That means you're cutting 20 pounds. That's not like you're a chubba chub. Mm-hmm. You're, you're this in-shape athletic woman. So how do you... Find that happy medium where you're putting on enough muscle weight where you can, you know, bully around people if you need to. But it's not, you know, that weight cut where you're cutting 10 pounds, you know, week of a fight. And it's just literally you know, like death on, you know, death on toast. Well, my nutritionist is um, an absolute genius. Um, everything is simple alchemy. It, if I follow the equation to a T, 
then I'm going to make weight. And it's, it's not going to be hard. It's discipline, but um, I know what I have to do. And also with Jessica being bigger, um, she's going to have a harder weight cut than I'm going to have. And that works in my favor. Take us back to your last fight. It was <laughs> you versus Ashley Cummins. It was last <laughs> year. You know, as we said, it's uh, we're doing a whole social distancing, all that that's going on. At the same time, as we as we mentioned before, it's also, you know, you it was a, a fight which a lot of people thought was even Steven. She's the bigger opponent. You're the younger opponent here. How big was it? Not just winning that fight, but also getting that submission where, you know, you're proving okay, I can I, I can win more of that. I can just do more of it and getting fights to decision. I can actually finish somebody, you know, quickly. You, you know, in that cage. Um, getting that finished meant a lot to me. So I have been dreaming about, I've been visualizing being the Invicta FC champion for as long as I can remember. I found journals of mine from when I was in school, like five, six years ago, where in the corner of every other page was written, Alicia Zaptella, Invicta FC world champion. Um, so the, it, it, was, it was a lot. It really was very surreal going into the cage. Um, getting that, that victory over her and getting that submission was huge. Um, I watched her fight. I was on the same card when she fought um, Jin Frey. I watched them battle it out. I watched it go all five rounds. It, but the second that I got Ashley to the ground, I knew that I was going to finish her. Um, I wish that you could hear what me and my coach were talking about between rounds because after the after the third round, I looked at my coach and said, she's done, she's quitting, I'm going to finish her. And um, earlier in the fight, when I had shot in on her, she grabbed a, she grabbed a guillotine. And I knew that if she did it again, like I was going to threaten a Von Flew. I know that she's a brown belt, so I figured that there was no way that she was ever going to hold on to the guillotine and let me sub her, but she held on, and um, I felt her giving up, so I, I took the submission at hand. How tough is that to do a Von choke when it's, it's a combination of patience, you have to use technique, and it's also just a lot of power. I mean, it's for, mm -hmm. for the average person, it looks like you're giving that person a bear hug while you're on top. You also, you know, have to get in that perfect position where you can't, you know, he can't turn into a guillotine or she can't turn, turn into a guillotine. And <laughs> as you said, you know, you um, literally have to, you want to make it as snug as possible so that he can't get it, mm -hmm. she can't get her arm out, she can't move her head. How much yeah. practice does that take to just be able to execute one of those moves? Um, honestly, it takes a lot of practice and I don't think I've ever even subbed anybody in my own gym with a Von Flu. Everybody is taught that, um, the second that somebody passes your guard and you have a guillotine, you need to give it up because you're, you are open to being Von Flu choked. And, um, I was honestly just going to use that to, to pass, but she didn't let go. And, um, I felt that I had it perfectly and all I had to do was look in, keep applying pressure and um, I, I would get it. <laughs> um, honestly, honestly, it's more capitalizing off of her mistake rather than, um, than using my, you know, my skills. 
If you're just tuning in, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have Miss Alicia Zapatella on the show. We're talking all things, of course, long food chokes. We're talking winning the title, defending the title as she gets ready for Invicta on Access TV. It will be once again Friday, the 20th of May, only on Access TV. Uh, it's been a long year. And when I say that, mm-hmm. it, you know how it is. You train in Michigan and you. Mm-hmm. Fought, you know, twice during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And a lot of Michigan guys that talked to, you know, whether it was the Tony Harrisons, whether it was the Cody Stamens, they all said at times it's tough because you have a gym and you're sometimes have to leave or hide because the cops are showing up. You can't be in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, social distancing, all that. How tough was that for you when the economy shut down, the gyms sometimes are shut down? You're fighting in arenas where there's no fans, no cameras. Uh, you can hear the, the corners can hear each other. I mean, how much of the last year was mm-hmm. about, you know, adapt, survive, and overcome? Um, honestly, okay. So, my coach he only closed his gym down for the man um, the mandate. After that, he opened right up. He made it public, and um, the health services of um, Livingston County, I believe it is they actually gave him an award for standing his ground and what he believes in. Um, We haven't had any backlash. The governor did not do anything. So after that, that mandate, we have been open and full swing for the entirety of this, um, this pandemic. And I am so grateful that my coach is willing to put everything on the line to stand up for what he believes in, because it has gotten me to where I am today. And um, this pandemic was, it was a blessing in disguise for me. I had a job before this and this allowed me to find ways of new income to be able to survive without having a job and become a professional fighter. Um, fighting in, in a crowd, like with, with fighting in arena, in an arena with no crowd, um, it was new. Honestly, what I had to had to figure out the most was what to be doing in my room in the hotel when I couldn't leave. Um, My first fight in the pandemic, I felt a little bit lethargic because I wasn't able to do anything all week. So my second fight, um, I got together with my strength coach and we planned out workouts that I would be doing every single day to make sure that there was no getting tired. There was, there was nothing like that. Um, and as far as hearing the other coaches, that's completely okay. Um, my coach, you can hear him. If there's a full crowd, you can hear him over literally anybody. My coach, um, he, I am such a good listener and I'm so coachable that he can walk me through literally anything at any given time. Um, so I absolutely loved it. The only thing that I thought was weird was being able to hear the commentators, like hearing them react if like uh, my opponent landed a punch or something that they thought hurt, but I know that it didn't hurt and I know that it did nothing. That was a little bit weird at first. So um, the first time around was, was you know, it was a learning. It, it, was, it was a learning time. And then by the time that I fought for my belt, I um I had adapted. Was it weird to in or what should I say was it tough that first time out in terms of 
when when both coaches can yell, you know, fighters can hear. So it's tougher to get mm -hmm. a submission or this because you're taking on Lindsay Van Zandt. She's already a good fighter. Mm -hmm. Now you have mm -hmm. a corner looking and going, okay, we're looking, we're going, oh, it's very strong food chuck. They'll yell at a code or they'll see you trying to, you know, maybe set up for a triangle or a Kimura or some, or, you know, a leg lock, anything. And they'll start screaming, oh, hips down or, you know, you know, bend the leg. How tough was that sometimes that first fight to try to get a finish when you have that second pair of eyes, they're screaming at the fighter and all of a sudden she goes, oh, I can do this and I go do that. And there's no sort of that chaos theory where the crowd's getting into it. Nobody can hear anybody and you can feed off that by going, all right, she's going to make a mistake. She's going to make a mistake. The adrenaline's going, there it is. I got that opening. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, it, it wasn't that different. I try to pay no mind to her coaches and yeah I, I try not to pay too much mind to that I'm I have James Gray in my ear the entire time and that's all I'm paying attention to and it actually helped me a lot that I was able to hear James Gray every single second of the fight you've made it almost a mission for the Adamites to get either in Bellator UFC PFL one of us and you've been banging the mm -hmm. wardrooms banging the wardrooms does it is it ever do you ever get frustrated when you'll see Dana like oh yeah we they're they're on our radar but we're too busy right now or you'll hear Scott mm -hmm. go well maybe next year and it's sort of like okay yes 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 does it frustrate you that this division which has been a damn good division for years has produced some talented mm -hmm. fighters still has talented fighters and yet you ladies are sort of the odd you know the odd couple out you have 115 <laughs> 125 135 145 105 is still sort of, you know, off the radar. Um, you know, for a while it did bother me. And honestly, now I don't really give a, I, I don't really care. Um, I, I don't care about the UFC anymore. I have full faith in, in Invicta. I absolutely love Shannon. Shannon cares more about her fighters than anybody else does. You cannot say that for Dana White. Um, Shannon cares about us. Um, I can text Shannon right now and she will respond as quickly as she can. Um, so my mission is to hold the belt. Um, I want to become Invicta's first ever champ champ. Um, I will defend the 115 pound belt and then I will go on to work for Invicta. I want to be commentator or a broadcaster literally anywhere that they see fit for me because I believe in them. And now that we have access, we're gonna be getting so many more views than ever before. And I truly see Invicta blowing up. It all comes down to, as we said, if you've done Access TV, it'll be Friday, May 20th. A lot of people say there's a lot more pressure on you than your opponent. You are, are, are arguably coming one of the faces of not just Invicta, but also Scorpion Fighting Systems, the gym. You mm -hmm. are. You've risen to the risen also to the level of assistant female wrestling coach. You are considered, you know, one of the sort of spokesmen for the for the Adamite division. You're the one, you know, barking for change, barking that it's time for this division to get, you know, more notoriety, more publicity here. <laughs> how do you handle it? How do you balance all the pressure when you you know how it is across the ring? There is somebody there who wants to knock your head off, take your title. <laughs> well. They don't give a crap about you. They, they're, they're, this is their time. So mm -hmm. how do you put aside all that pressure and just focus on the fight at hand? First, 
you know, the first round, the first two minutes, the first 30 seconds? Um, there's only pressure on me if I let there be pressure on me. Um, I try to live my life in the present. Um, I have devoted 21 years of my life to martial arts. Um, I know what I'm supposed to be doing and I know that I'm where I am supposed to be. So realistically, um, I'm not worrying about anything other than becoming the best me that I can be because I know that if the best me walks out into that cage, that I'm going to walk away with the victory. I know that I'm going to finish Jessica Nobony. Um, um, becoming the face of SFS and one of the faces of Invicta, it, it means a lot to me. Um, it's just kind of, you know, I'm, I'm the best. I have a target on my back. It comes with the territory and I, there's no reason to get scared off because of um, all of the hard work that I've, that I've put in and all of the benefits that come with it. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I give you, we are proud to have on the show the Invicta Adam Wade champion. I give you, it's Miss Alicia Zapatella. Alicia, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website, and also who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up on May 20th? Okay, so my fate, fight on May 21st, I will be fighting. I mean, um, you can, sorry, all my sponsors. For my fight on May 21st are, let me see, I have them all written down, Evergreen um, Campgrounds. Um, I don't remember the name of it, but um, Heidi, um, her husband, they have a law firm and they sponsored me. They're some of my biggest sponsors and I'm so grateful for them. Um, Griff Ellis, Paul with Young Living, um, Harbor Tattoo, Phoenix Athletics, which um, Chris Down and then Hillary Down. Um, Chalbeck Boxing, Will Finn, um, he's a DJ. Uh, Ian, oh, fight, fight Alias, Breakwell Barbecue, and um, Jay General. And then also I need to thank my coaches, um, James Gray and um, John Chalbeck again, and Mary Vance with my nutrition. And um, then also my training partners, Tabitha Watkins, and I flew in Tisha Torres for this fight to help point out the, the flaws in my striking to be able to evolve into the fighter that I need to be for this fight. And then Christian Woodmansey for coming out and helping me train my jiu-jitsu. And you can find me at Alicia Zapp on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and then you can find me on YouTube by just typing in my name or YouTube slash half my fits. Alicia Zapatel, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are proud to have her on our show. She'll be fighting once again. It is Invicta on Access TV. It's going to be May 21st, only on, on Access, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Take, take your time for other local details and listings. We come back. Got a lot more going on here once again, only on it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol. Only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network.
And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I want to thank my two wonderful guests. We earlier heard from Angelo Leo. He'll be fighting June 19th, only on Showtime. It's going to be Charlo versus Montiel. That's going to be a fantastic card. You also heard from Alicia Zapatella, who will be fighting this Friday, only on Invicta on Access, the debut of the show. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be two title fights. On access, you know, the ladies always bring it. I'm looking forward to especially that card. And let's talk about, let's start off about the weekend. It was the good, the bad, and it was somewhat ugly. Not much, but you got to be happy right now with, uh, you know, with uh, Charles Dubronx Oliveira. I mean, this is a guy who, let's face it, for a while people wrote him off. It's like, okay, when is he going to get cut? I mean, that's what we literally thought at times. Like, okay, he's just not doing it. He's, you know, he's not, he, he is not, you know, a UFC caliber fighter because that's what everybody saw of it. He was, you know, when he was bad and there was a stretch where he was just not that good, he was getting beat pretty. I mean, you look at his record and, you know, and it's funny, he's 31 and eight. And there were a lot of people at one point who were looking going, it's kind of done. And he started off 14-0, and then he goes 2-4-1. And you think, okay, well, maybe it's time they, they give him some softer touches. Because, you know, Cerrone, Jim Miller, Frankie Edgar, Cub Swanson, from 2010 to 2013, okay, that, that, that's a, those are some damn good fights and some damn, you know, tough opponents. Then he goes four wins straight, okay, where we think he's, he's picked it up again, and then... It gets pretty bad. I mean, he loses to Max Holloway. Okay, no shame in there. It's an injury. Beats Miles Jury. Loses to Anthony Pettis. Guillotine choke. Loses to Ricardo Lamas. Guillotine choke. Beats Will Brooks by submission. Gets knocked out by Paul Felder. At that point, he's 22-8. and eight. He is... It's... He's 8-8 eight and eight in the UFC. And you wonder... Is he just a 500 fighter? Is this all it? You know, is, is this what he is? Is he just a guy that, you know, might be on the chopping block, but, you know, his talent will get him somewhere. And he, he's a fun fighter, so we'll keep him around. And then it just clicks. And then, you know, when I say that, you know, you look and he's now run off nine straight wins. And, you know, wins over Jim Miller, wins over David Tamor, wins over Kevin Lee, Tony Ferguson. And now the win over Michael Chandler. And you look at that fight. He gets dropped. That happens earlier in his career. He, I think he's done. He literally will just get knocked out. You know, Chandler will become a champion. That's it. This time around, he's even said he's more confident. He's more at peace. And maybe, you know, at 155, that is his home. I mean, he, I know he says he wants to go back to 145. I'd stay there at 155. You're happy there. You're doing very well there. But he survives the, the onslaught. He ends up taking Chandler's back. He ends up you know, surviving the round, and you can see him going, okay, I've survived the worst. I know what to expect. I know how to handle this. And he comes out in the second round and knocks out Michael Chandler. You gotta, it's, 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 look, it's a great story. This is a guy who had been bouncing around and bouncing around in the UFC, you know, trading wins, trading losses. People wrote him off. Most people thought, oh, he's just you know, not that good. And then when you see him, you know, after all these years, and as I said, it's 
it's a different Michael Chandler. He's, you know, he is, I mean, sorry, it's a different Charles Oliveira. He came into the UFC. People forget this. He came in in 2010, and he was, at the time, you know, 20, a 20-year-old 20 kid. He was 20 years old, you know, when he first started this. And along the way, you know, he's grown up in front of our eyes. And now he's 31. Now he's a full adult. And you look and you go, this is what we saw. This is growing up. This is a guy who has, you know, earned the title fight and earned the title shot and earned his title the long, you know, the hard way. He's, you know, prospered, you know, struggled, had ups, had downs. This is what you want, you know, when you have a great story, a great champion, a guy who literally gets it, a guy who is... You can argue, you know, he understands what's going on. This is what I, I, I liked here. And look, kudos to Michael Chandler. He nearly had that fight won. And I still think he's going to be a player in the division. I still think he is going to be somebody you got to watch out for. But I, I would say this here, that right now, Charles Oliveira is a guy that you have to watch out for because right now this version of him I think beats everybody in the division. He's that damn good. Speaking of that, we, you know, we got to turn our attention to boxing here for a second. Kudos also to Brandon Figueroa. And for, look, the, for years he was sort of, you know, the, the little brother of Omar. You know, oh, you know, it's, it's Omar's kid. Okay, it's nice. And there were even a lot of guys who, when he got the title shot, thought, oh, okay, this is just, Neri's going to take care of him. Neri's going to handle him. Maybe you name his decision when, but... But nobody picked him to knock him out. And we, we saw he's not like his brother at all. I mean, he, and we should, have, we should have seen that with him, you know, a, a long time ago. I mean, this is a guy who, you know, is the, has never had health problems, so he's never been, you know, injured. He's somebody that you look at and go, okay, well, he has, you know, some good pop. He is a guy that, you know, that, you, know you could argue – is a, is a damn good boxer, and more importantly, you know, this is a guy who, you know, went in there against Luis Neri and stood right in front of him, used his jab, you know, outboxed him, took care of business, and he did everything we thought he was going to do. We know he, he literally went out there and put on a boxing clinic. And that, you know, when you go back to the, the, to the knockout, it's not one of these, you know, sweeping big right hooks. It's a it's a short, hard sort of semi-uppercut right to the solar plexus. It's, an, it's a nasty body shot. And it's a delayed knockout because you can see Neri going, okay, I can try this, I can try this, I can try this. Nope, I can't do it. And yeah, he just crumples to the mat. And as I said, if this is this was a coronation of Brandon Figueroa. And now he has the big super fight against Stephen Fulton. That's going to be... In, very interesting to watch. Two different kind of fighters. Two very young fighters. Credit to PBC. I mean, look, they're they are putting these guys in there. They're making these fights, and you can. I know some guys don't like Al Heyman. I know some guys don't like certain PBC fighters not fighting a lot. But Brandon Figueroa, you know, this will be you know he's two big fights. Luis Neri's a big fight. Stephen Fulton's a big fight. It's their title unifications. If, if you're complaining about this, I don't know what to tell you about about why you like boxing because I I just don't understand it, Ben. But we can wrap this up. So unfortunately, you know, once again, for my wonderful guests, for Alicia Zapatella, for 
Angelo Leo. This is Chris Connor saying, I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up here only on it is the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And you are listening to Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.